Welcome to Zichur Daf Siman Mem Rabbi Ram Goldhari and today Masechah Sota Daf Mem Zayin the ninth parak Egel Arufa. The Zichur Masechah Sota program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazaka Satoira. So the three we're going to focus on number one. It was taught in a brisa. Rom tehe small dochav yemin makarevas. It should always be the left hand which pushes away and the right should bring close. Unlike Alisha, who pushed away Gechazi with both hands, and unlike Yeshua ben Prachia, who pushed one of his Talmidim away with both hands. After Alisha declined reward from miraculously curing Naaman, Gechazi followed Naaman and said Alisha had decided to accept reward. Alisha discerned Gechazi's actions and castigated him forcefully, cursing him and his descendants with Saras. Later, Elisha went to convince him to repent, but Gechazi refused, quoting Elisha's teaching, Anyone who sins and causes others to sin, is not given the opportunity to do Yeshuva. When Yeshua ben Parachi was traveling with his Talmudim, he led the hostess of their inn. How nice is this hostess referring to her good deeds? Atomic said, Rebbe, ain't a trutos, Rebbe, but her eyes are round. Rebbe Shua responded strongly and put him in a harem. Yeshua did not accept his request to return until one day he intended to accept them, but motioned to him while reciting Shema, which a student misinterpreted as pushing him away. Pointing to the next mission states, If the murderer was found before the calf was decapitated, it goes out and grazes with a flock and is permitted in use because the tunnel holds that benefit from the egwa only becomes prohibited after its decapitation. If the murderer was discovered after the calf was already decapitated, it's buried in its place like an ordinary egorufa, although the murderer became known. Shal Suffolk Ba'as because the egla originally came to atone for a circumstance of uncertainty. Kipratsveik of Ahalchala is atoned for the uncertainty and went on, meaning it achieved its purpose at the time the killer's identity was unknown. The Mishnah adds that the murderer is still executed. The Gemara says that even the testimony of a single witness who claims to know the murderer's identity is accepted because the Pasuk says, well, no it is unknown who struck him. This implies that if it is known to anyone, they do not perform an Egla Rufa. Rikiva adds that if Basin witnessed a murder, even if they cannot identify the murderer, they do not perform Egla Rufa. And point with you, the Mishnah had taught, Mishra When the murders increased, Egla Rufa ceased. Abrais explains, because it only comes to atone for cases of uncertainty of the murderer's identity. When murderers who killed in the open increased, Egla Rufa ceased. The Mishnah taught, When adulterers increased, the bitter waters were discontinued. Abrais explains the reason the Pasuk states, Venika Ishma Avon. The man will be innocent of iniquity teaching. When the man is innocent of iniquity of illicit relations, the waters examine his wife. But if the man is not innocent of iniquity, the waters do not examine his wife. The Brysa quotes another Pasuk, I will not punish because of daughters when they commit harlotry. The Gore explains this teaches that even the immorality of one's sons and daughters prevent the waters from examining his wife. Abraisa proceeds to list the consequences of an increase in many negative behaviors. So once again, the three points are number one. It was taught in Abraisa. It should always be the left hand which pushes away and the right hand should bring close. Unlike Alisha, who pushed away Gechazi with both hands, and unlike Yeshua ben Prachia, who pushed one of his Talmidim away with both hands. After Alisha declined reward from miraculously curing Naaman, Gechazi followed Naaman and said Alisha had decided to accept reward. Alisha discerned Gechazi's actions and castigated him forcefully, cursing him and his descendants with Saras. 
Later, Elisha went to convince him to repent, but Gehazi refused, quoting Elisha's teaching, Anyone who sins and causes others to sin, is not given the opportunity to do Yeshuva. When Yeshua ben Parachi was traveling with his Talmudim, he lauded the hostess of their inn. How nice is this hostess referring to her good deeds? A Talmud said, Rebbe, ain't a trutos, Rebbe, but her eyes are round. Rebbe Shua responded strongly and put him in a harem. Rabbi Shua did not accept his request for return until one day he intended to accept them, but motioned to him while reciting Shema, which the student misinterpreted as pushing him away. Pointing to the next Mishnah states, If the murderer was found before the calf was decapitated, it goes out and grazes with a flock and is permitted in use because the tunnel holds that benefit from the egwa only becomes prohibited after its decapitation. If the murderer was discovered after the calf was already decapitated, it's buried in its place like an ordinary egorufa, although the murderer became known. Shal Suffolk Ba'as because the egla originally came to atone for a circumstance of uncertainty. Kipratsveik of Ahalchala is atoned for the uncertainty and went on, meaning it achieved its purpose at the time the killer's identity was unknown. The Mishnah adds that the murderer is still executed. The Gemara says that even the testimony of a single witness who claims to know the murderer's identity is accepted because the Pasuk says, is unknown who struck him. This implies that if it is known to anyone, they do not perform an Egla Rufa. Rikiva adds that if Basin witnessed a murder, even if they cannot identify the murderer, they do not perform Egla Rufa. And point with you, the Mishnah had taught, When the murders increased, Egl Arufa ceased. Abrais explains, Because it only comes to atone for cases of uncertainty of the murderer's identity. When murderers who killed in the open increased, Egl Arufa ceased. The Mishnah had taught, When adulterers increased, the bitter waters were discontinued. Abrais explains the reason the Pasuk states, Vinika Ishma Avon, the man will be innocent of iniquity teaching. When the man is innocent of iniquity of illicit relations, the waters examine his wife. But if the man is not innocent of iniquity, the waters do not examine his wife. The Brysa quotes another Pasuk, I will not punish because of daughters when they commit harlotry. The more explains this teaches that even the immorality of one's sons and daughters prevent the waters from examining his wife. Abraisa proceeds to list the consequences of an increase in many negative behaviors. All right, so now we go to our Simmerdaf Memzine, and our standard simon is a maze. A maze. So here goes. The Talmud who got pushed into the red maze of doom by his Rebbe's left hand ended up discovering the murderer after the Eglarufa had already been decapitated and then realized when he saw many murderers hanging out there as well that the era of the Eglarufa was probably over. Once again, it's a motion. The Talmud who got pushed into the red maze of doom maze, that must be off Mem Zion. The Talmud got pushed into the red maze of doom by his Rebbe's left hand, which reminds us, it was taught in a bride, it should always be the left hand which pushes away and the right should bring close. Unlike Elisha who pushed Gachazi away with both hands, and unlike Yeshua and Prachi who pushed one of his Talmidim away with both hands. So the Talmud got pushed into the red maze of doom by his Rebbe's left hand, ended up discovering the murderer after the Egla Rufa had already been decapitated, which reminds us the next mission states what happens to the Egla Rufa if the murderer's identity becomes known after the decapitation or before the decapitation. So the Talmud got pushed into the red maze of doom by his Rebbe's left hand, ended up discovering the murderer after the Egla Rufa had already been decapitated, and then realized when he saw many murderers hanging out there as well that the heir of the Egla Rufa 
was probably over, which reminds us that the Sota waters in the Egorufa ended when wickedness increased. So once again, the Talmud got pushed into the red maze of doom by his Rebbe's left hand, ended up discovering the murderer after the Egorufa had already been decapitated, and then realized when he saw many murderers hang out there as well, that the era of the Egorufa was probably over. All right, so now it's time for Four Blah Daf Mem Gimel. So the similar Daf Mem Gimel is a magazine. So here goes. The most recent issue of Ancient Midnight Battles magazine. Magazine? That must be more in Daf Mem Gimel. The most recent issue of Ancient Midnight Battles magazine captivated the attention of the great Ben Puti General, which reminds us it was Tan Nebraisa, Lolochinam Halach Pinchas Lomachama, not for not to Pinchas go to battle against Midian, rather to take revenge for his mother's father, Yosef, who was sold as a slave by the Midianites. The more questions Pinchas descend from Yosef from a Pasuk, identifying his mother as Mimenos Putiel, from the daughters of Putiel. Is this not because they descended from Yisru, who was called Putiel? Because he fattened calves for idolatry? Pitamel? The more answers go me, Yosef, Shepitbit be Yisru. No, they descended from Yosef called Putiel because he scorned and conquered his desire. The more answers, the more concludes that he descended from both, one from his mother's father and one from his mother's mother. This is supported by the Yudin Putiel, which indicates multiple meanings. So, the most recent issue of Ancient Midnight Battles magazine captivated the attention of the great Ben Puti General, who was sitting on his porch while exempt from war due to his recent engagement, which reminds us the next mission teaches about the officers declaring the three exemptions from going to battle. One who built a new house and did not inaugurate it, one who planted a vineyard and did not redeem it in the fourth year, and one who married a woman and did not complete the marriage. So, the most recent issue of Ancient Midnight Battles magazine captivated the attention of the great Ben Puti General, who was sitting on his porch while exempt from war due to his recent engagement, behind a young tree he had grafted onto another tree, which was planted as a fence, which reminds us. The Mishnah taught that in addition to planting, grafting a plant also exempts from going to war. Rizir explains that this refers to permitted grafting. The more one is what the case is, and Rabbi Yermi explained that he grafted onto a young tree which was not subject to Orla, such as in a case where he planted the first tree as a fence or for beams, which is exempt from Orla. Therefore, only the graft exempts the owner from going to war. Rav Nachman Yitzhak provided another answer. Daf Mem Dalad, so the similar Daf Mem Dalad is mud. So here goes. The scared soldier who is trudging home in the reddish mud. Mud? That must be more in Daf Mem Dalad. The scared soldier who is trudging home in the reddish mud, which reminds us, the next mission records Malchok is about the meaning of Hayorib al one who is frightened and faint-hearted, who also returns home from war. Does it literally mean scared of battle or scared from Averos? And if Averos, is that the Raisa Averos or even the Rabban Averos? So the scared soldier who's trudging home in the reddish mud, when all of a sudden he heard that the war was a Mohammed's mitzvah and he must return to battle, which reminds us, the Mishnah taught Bamedvar Mamurim Bamahamas Rashus, when are these exemptions said regarding discretionary wars? Of a Mohammed's mitzvah Hakol Yotzin, but regarding wars of mitzvah, everyone goes out to battle. I feel Khasim even a chasim from his chamber and a kala from her chuppah. So the scared soldier who was trudging home in the reddish mud, when all of a sudden he heard the war was a Mohammed's mitzvah and he must return to battle, asked five judges measuring the distance from a mace in the mud to the nearest city for some chizuk. 
Which reminds us, the ninth parak of Sotah discusses the procedure of Eglor Rufa. The Tanakam in the Mishnah says, Three Dayanim from the great basin of Yishalayim would go out to measure from the surrounding cities to the corpse. Rav Yudah says, Chamisha, five, because it says, Zikanecha, Shnaim, your elders implying two judges, Veshoftecha, Shnaim, your judges implying two additional judges, Vein based in Shako, and a basin cannot be an even number of judges, Mosifin Alen Odechad. So we add one more to them, totaling five. Daf Mem Hay. So the simple Daf Mem Hay is Monopoly. So here goes. The entire court of judges who came out to measure the mysterious mace slumped over the red Monopoly board. Monopoly board? That must mean we're in Daf Mem Hay. Monopoly? The entire court of judges who came out to measure the mysterious mace slumped over the red Monopoly board in the middle of nowhere, which reminds us, the Gemara notes that our mission does not accord with Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, who says, Zekanecha zo Sanhedrin. Your elders refers to Sanhedrin. Shoftecha zemelch ukongadol. Your judges refers to the king and kongadol. The Gemara seeks to clarify if the entire Sanhedrin needs to come. So, the entire court of judges who came out to measure the mysterious mace slumped over the red Monopoly board in the middle of nowhere were shocked to discover one mace on top of another and debated who to measure from, which reminds us a bio was asked, two corpses, which are found one on top of the other, from where does one measure to surrounding cities? Do we say, something covered by its own type, meaning another corpse, is considered covered and exempt from Eglal Rufa, but something raised on its own type is not considered floating and is subject to Eglal Rufa, thus one would only measure from the top corpse, or perhaps the top corpse is considered floating and the bottom is not considered covered, and we would only measure from the bottom. The Gemara brings other possibilities as well. So the entire court of judges who came out to measure the mysterious mace slumped over the red monopoly board in the middle of nowhere were shocked to discover one mace on top of another and debated who to measure from, and whether to measure from his navel nose or neck. Which reminds us, the next mission brings about folks regarding which part of the corpse to measure from. Is it from the nose, navel, or neck? Daf Mem Vav. So the simmer Daf Mem Vav is a cow that goes moo. So here goes. The red heifer that went moo. Red heifer. Moo. That must be on Daf Mem Vav. Moo. The red heifer that went moo and her friend the blemish Egla Rufa. That was not disqualified. Which reminds us, although a moo, a blemish disqualifies a paraduma, it does not disqualify an Egla Rufa because the word ba, written by paraduma, excludes an Egla Rufa from this disqualification. The Gemara proceeds to discuss the work disqualifications of an Egla Rufa and paraduma. So the red heifer that went moo and her friend the blemish Egla Rufa. That was not disqualified. Who were listening to a group of judges saying they did not kill a man by sending him off without Levaya, which reminds us, Abraisa restates the previous mission. The Pasik states, And the elders say, Our hands did not spill this blood, and our eyes did not see. Now did it enter our minds that the elders of Basin are spillers of blood? Rather they mean that the victim did not come to us, and we sent him off without food, and we did not see him and leave him go without escort. We force a person regarding escort, because its reward is without limit. So, the red heifer that went moo and her friend the blemish Egla Rufa that was not disqualified were listening to a group of judges saying they did not kill a man by sending him off without Levaya ran to hide when a bald prophet walking without escort inside it bears against men of little faith who ridiculed him, which reminds us of the incident of Alicia and the bears. Alright, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we learn that regarding a Melchema's mitzvah, everyone goes out to war? That's on Duff. Memdal. Good number two. Which stuff do you learn that the Sota waters and Egla Rufa ended when wickedness increased? That's on Duff. 
Memzine. Good number three. Wished up. We have a question for Rabbi ben Yaakov holds that the entire Sanhedrin needs to go out for Eglo Rufa. That's on Dav. Memhe. Good number four. Wished up. We have the incident of Elisha and the bears. That's on Dav. Memvav. Good number five. Wished up to discuss what happens to the Eglo Rufa if the murderer is found before or after the decapitation. That's on Dav. Memzain. Good number six. Which stuff do we discuss? The disqualifications of an Egla Rufa Empire Duma. That's on Dav. Memvav. Good number seven. Which stuff do we learn? The one who flatters will ultimately fall to Gehenim. That's on Dav. Memov. Good number eight. Which stuff do we learn? It should always be the left hand which pushes away and the right should bring close. That's on Dav. Mamzayin. Good number nine. Which stuff to learn what the Meshuch Muhammad says to the nation before they go out to war? That's on Dav. Membeis. Good. And number ten. Which stuff to have a question who to measure from in a case where there's one corpse on top of another? That's on Dav. Memhei. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ram Kothamazich wishing you a great day and great learning.